Hi, I'm Ruth Schwenk, and I'm so thrilled you're listening in with us at Root Like Faith. It is our deepest desire to encourage and equip men and women to be rooted in God's Word, transformed by the love of Jesus, and moved by His mission and the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing is more important. Well, today we are talking about how there are a lot of not-so-perfect moments in a couple's life and in parenting. I mean, the truth is our kids are growing up, and as they're growing up, well, we're trying to grow up as well, don't you think, honey? Absolutely. Not that you know anything about that. but (laughs) (laughs) So I've heard. So I've read on the internet. (laughs) Right. So we're going to be looking at why it's so important to have grace with one another in those not-so-perfect moments. This is going to be good. Let's go. Well, we have been married for, let's see, over 23 years. 23 years and a couple months. Which is a long time. A very long time, don't you think, honey? Uh, you know, it's honestly, it's been so enjoyable that it feels <laughs> like such a short time to me. Right. <laughs> it's well, the truth. I just am bringing. But yeah, no, it is. It has been. That is a long time. When you say it like that. Yes. Twenty-three. I mean, we're we're getting old. We're not spring chickens well, anymore. Well, and I'm bringing it up because there is a lot of time to experience those not so perfect moments. I, you know what? When I you've think, been married that long. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of room for error in 23 years. And I think <laughs> if one was keeping score, I mean, I, I feel like I have way more of those not so perfect moments than you do. Well, and I'm not just saying that because we're honey. recording a podcast, but I, I do believe that. I mean, I, I think about the, um, you know, one of the, one of the classic examples that comes to my mind, which I think we've talked about before was the night before I was starting my doctoral program out in California. We all flew out together. Yeah, as a family. As a family. So it was, you know, me and you and and our four kids. And they were little. This is like five years ago. It's at least been five, six years ago now, maybe six years ago. And so I was getting, it was a Sunday night, which, you know, anytime after nine o'clock, I'm vulnerable, right? I'm a morning person. So (laughs) I already had that working against me. And it was, it was after nine, it was probably closer to 10, 1030. And I remember Tyler, who's you know 19 now, he, he was um, in the bathroom with Noah, our other son, and Noah was brushing his teeth, and they were being boys, and you know Tyler like poked him in the side, you know, gave him a, a rib shot or something. And it was just enough that, that Noah kind of jerked his head and, and hit his lip, you know, cut his lip on the sink. He hit it on, and those sinks are... They're, they're the real like, deal. Yeah, yeah. it's and like so ceramic. He, he cut it open, and of course he's I... Crying. He's he was, crying. He's crying. Screaming, actually, I think. Then I, in again, a not-so-perfect moment... Uh, spring into action and um, and begin, you know, getting upset, which then caused Tyler to cry. And then the girls, Bella and Sophia, were they in the kinda... other room, so they heard Dad, you know, uh, having a, a major meltdown. So then they began crying and, and then ran into the other room. And then I think at that point is when, I think that's about when you stopped talking to me. And so it was just like, it was a domino effect. It was like one thing led to another and I was the cause of it, and it was not pretty. No, it was, it, it, was, it was not so perfect moment. It was like, honestly, I felt like it should be a movie. It was like an epic meltdown. <laughs> you know, one, the next person cries, the next person cries, the next person cries. It well, was, what, what's ironic about that is that I was starting my, my doctoral studies in discipleship, um, yeah. you know, the next day. And I remember going into class that, that next morning, and I felt so defeated. I felt so discouraged. And I remember we had to go around and actually share why we were we were. <laughs> <laughs> While we were in the program, like I just need to be like Jesus. I don't need to. Like, I don't need to share me. what happened last night. Exa- I was actually, I was about to say, but let, trust me. Let me tell you what happened last there's, night. There's there's a discipleship gap. That's what I, I think. That's what I said. Oh and we'll just goodness. leave it at that, right? So th- there are. There's all those. You know, I mean, marriage. I mean, life is hard. You know, yeah. there's just stressful moments, and you're working, and you're trying to pay bills, and 
you know, then you, you bring kids into that mix mm -hmm. and it, it is, as your kids are growing up, you know, so are we. Mm -hmm. And one of the great gifts of marriage is that it is a sanctifier. Uh, mm -hmm. God uses it to make us holy, to make us more righteous. Mm -hmm. uh, but boy, that journey can be, can be challenging and difficult. And it's so important that we're building grace um, into that into that mm. marriage and in, into that marriage with kids, and which is what we're going to be talking mm -hmm. about. Well, and that's what I am glad you brought that up because I think that's you know why we're talking about this because it's important that we don't sweep these things under the rug because honestly, there have been many times where like it's I just don't even want to talk about it anymore. You know, I go to bed, I wake up in the morning, and just want to pretend like. Nobody got mad last night. You nobody, know what I mean? Nobody had a meltdown last nobody night. Nobody had yeah. a meltdown. <laughs> and, but we can't grow and learn from those things if we do that. And so I think that's why it would be really helpful for us to kind of talk through this today. And what it what does it look like to have, how do we actually have grace right. in those moments? And, and no, no relationship um, can stand um, you know, apart from grace, apart from, mm -hmm. you know, just the forgiveness that we extend and humility with one another, gentleness mm -hmm. with one another. It, it reminds me of uh, the story. I, I love historical fiction. And I don't know that this is a historical fiction. This is, I think, just real history. Yeah, um, that was actually and, a... And so the book is called A Higher Calling, I think, if I'm remembering okay. right. And it's, a, it's an extraordinary story that takes place during World War II about a German pilot and an American pilot. Mm -hmm. And they actually meet um, on enemy territory. I think if I'm remembering the story correctly, the American pilot, his name was Charlie Brown, Charles Brown, but they called him Charlie Brown. Um, he flew into enemy territory and not long after entering enemy territory, uh, he was flying like a B-17 fortress plane. Mm -hmm. And it just got shredded um, by the enemy, so much so that his plane literally began to nosedive and he went from like, I don't know, like 20,000 feet in the air to about, you know, 100, 200 feet above uh, German soil. Mm. And it was at that time that the German pilot saw him and actually put his finger on the trigger. He had him in his sight and was getting ready to just pull the trigger and, and basically finish him off. And it's an amazing story. The, the story then goes on to say instead of that German fighter uh, pulling the trigger and just blowing him out of the air. He actually came to his defense and the two of them mm. then flew back over the Atlantic that here this American fighter and fighter jet that were badly wounded uh, were protected by this German fighter in plane and he actually flew him across uh, to safety. But let me read, there, there's a great line that the author describes. He says, Franz, this is the, the German fighter, says Franz squinted and aimed through his gun sight. Uh, he lowered his finger onto the trigger, a pound of pressure away from igniting the guns. And I just love that phrase. You know, literally one pound of pressure mm. was the difference between life and death. And, and of course, the story goes on. The author goes on to recount how instead of pulling the trigger, he actually takes his finger off of the trigger. Mm. And that was the difference between life and death. And, and I've, I love that story because it's such a reminder that in marriage, in stressful moments and chaotic moments, oftentimes we have our finger right on the trigger. And it's just one pound of pressure, you know, if you will, between uh, pulling the trigger between life and death, between launching into a big argument, a big fight, mm -hmm. uh, division, whatever, and how grace really is about taking that finger off of the trigger mm -hmm. and saying, I'm not going to shoot you out of the air, um, but we're in this together. I'm actually going to protect you and fight for you. And I'm going to extend grace to you instead of pulling the trigger. And so I've always loved that story. Mm -hmm. In fact, we tell the full story in our book, For Better for Kids. But it's a powerful story. And I think it's a good illustration of what uh, exercising grace in marriage and family is all about. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, it's not just jumping. Like, you just want to jump in there. <laughs> you know what I right. mean? Or react. 
and it's it's pausing and I, I can't even that story is so incredible and can't even imagine um, but I think it's also seeing like when I think about that story, I think about the other pilot, the pilot with his finger on the trigger, seeing the other pilot, knowing, you know, obviously he could take destroy him at that moment. But seeing that other pilot for who he was and that was a human being, right. not the enemy. And I think that is really powerful. Like he saw who that he he was a human being and he and like how could he yeah. take his life? He needed to help him. And I think in marriage Honestly, that's we need to remember that that's a human who is loved by God. Her spouse, you know, right. is loved by God. They're made by God, um, and it, we honor them uh, when we have grace with them. It's a great point. There, there's actually another part in the book, I and mean, we don't we don't talk about it in our book. But there's another section in that book, A Higher Call, that you know, they, he does. He talks about that. That mm-hmm. how you know here they are. They're two fighters, and they're fighting for different countries, different nations. Uh, they're at war with each other. Um, but there's this scene in the book where, the, the, yeah, the pilot sort of goes back and, and he's kind of, you know, recalling his love for, for flying, you know, and like here's this, this pilot who they're, again, they're enemies, but mm. yet what unites them is that they were little boys once and they, they love to fly and it's what eventually led them to join mm. you know, the military and to, be, to become pilots. And, and though they were enemies at that time in history, the reality is that they were, they were connected you know, with their love for, for flying. Mm-hmm. And so it's really, you know, kind of what you're saying mm-hmm. is that I think in the midst of chaos and, and difficult situations, sometimes you forget, hey, we're, we've been called into into marriage and family mm-hmm. and you're an image bearer of God, a child of God, and, and so am I. Mm-hmm. And so again, we're, we're fighting um, for one another and not against mm-hmm. one another, just remembering that as we get into stressful situations. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit more about grace. And I thought um, we could read from Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, uh, which says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. And I know that's a familiar verse that many listeners have heard. Um, But I think it'd be good to just kind of, you know, dive into grace a little bit here so that we have a foundational understanding of it. Yeah, I think, you know, the, the New Testament, you know, talks a lot about um, that kind of grace that you just read, Ephesians mm-hmm. 2, 8, 9, again, is that, that classic example of how we become a Christian, that it's, that it's the gift of God, that it's this free gift that God gives us to receive, you know, by faith. And, and so we, we come into a right relationship with God by having faith in Jesus, and that's a gift that God gives us. We either reject mm-hmm. that or receive that. But grace is, is, on one hand, it's this unmerited favor, right? We don't deserve that gift. God freely gives it to us. The other way that the New Testament talks about grace is that grace is, is a power. It's, it's the life of God in us, um, and, and it strengthens us. It empowers us. And so the grace that we're talking about here, that Paul's talking about here in Ephesians 2, is that undeserving love. Mm. Um, and so when we apply that to marriage— when we're talking about extending grace to one another, we're really talking about that undeserving love and kindness and forgiveness that we show towards one another. Mm. Um, it's the idea of, of still loving, forgiving, encouraging, um, you know, in, in situations where we don't deserve it. I mean, that, that's the love of God towards mm-hmm. us in Christ. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've talked about before this idea that, you know, grace really by itself is is useless right you need somebody else the grace in isolation is is sort of meaningless right Right. Um, and so when we think about god being gracious 
um, it's not just who he is. He's a God of grace, but it's what he does. He acts towards us mm-hmm. uh, in, in grace. He, he loves us in a way that is undeserving. Mm-hmm. And um, we're, we're on the receiving end of that. Mm-hmm. And, and I think what's so powerful about that and about this scripture is, I don't know, for me, it's always helpful to remember the grace that has been extended to me because that is the same grace I need to extend to others, you know? Right. And I think that's really powerful. Like how can I not extend grace to someone else when grace has been so powerfully extended to me? And, um, I just think that's something that we ought to think on and come back to often in the times that we feel wronged or we want to get somebody back or we're, you know what I mean? That we're triggered or whatever it is that, that God, the grace that he gave us, um, it's only right that we extend that grace as well. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, in, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2, you know, the Apostle Paul, again, writing to that, that church in Ephesus, he says, always be humble and gentle. Mm. Um, and so, you know, what you're talking about is like, boy, prideful people are great at seeing the sin of other people, mm. um, but they're really bad at, at spotting their own sin. Mm-hmm. And so, again, Jesus said that you can't get into the kingdom of God unless you recognize your poverty of spirit, right? That's the mm-hmm. way into the kingdom is to be poor in spirit, to recognize your, your neediness uh, for a savior. And, and Paul's saying, listen, always be humble with one another mm-hmm. um, and, and be gentle with one another, put one another at ease. Then um, he goes on to say, be patient with each other. And I love this line. He says, making allowance for each other's faults mm-hmm. because of your love, right? So it's, there it's are like going saying, to be faults. There's gonna be faults, right? And so yeah. as Paul's writing these different letters that, that we call epistles or, or books of our New Testament, there's that kind of language all over again that, that in order to maintain relationship with one another, we, we need to live out the gospel, the good news mm-hmm. um, of God's grace and his forgiveness. And he's saying here in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2, like, just anticipate that. Mm-hmm. Make room for it. Make room for one another's allowances um, or make uh, allowances for, for one another's faults because mm-hmm. there are going to be mm-hmm. many. And as, as you and I, as we think about marriage and family, as we're growing up, uh, we need lots of grace. Uh, to be able to to stay in relationship with one another. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think what can happen over the years too is we can become so comfortable and just kind of stuck in a rut that we forget, you know, we're all focused on extending grace with others, but we forget that we aren't extending it with to one the, another. To the people that are closest to yeah. us. Right. I mean, right. I think that that can happen so often with the people that are closest to us and whether that's our spouse or our kids or our parents or whoever that is. Um, so I think, you know, just remembering that first and foremost, that grace has to be lived out at home. Like who you, it's what we always say, who you are at home is who you really are. Right. And that, um, that's so important. So let's get practical here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I think that's probably one of the first practical things oh, okay. you know, I would say is mm-hmm. that, that make room for one another's faults. I mean, yeah. just anticipate mm-hmm. that in marriage and especially family, um, there's going to be not a lot of not so perfect moments. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think as a couple, you're thinking, okay, we just, we just need to, that, that's a perspective we just need to have that um, you're growing up, I'm growing up. And as we're, we're growing in Christ likeness, we just need to make room for one another's faults. Again, we don't want to have like this suffocating relationship mm-hmm. where there's no room to mess up or to make mistakes. Um, and so we just need to be a kind of people that are humble, that are gentle, that are patient with one another, and that we're allowing for one another's faults. We're allowing for God to do his work through the power of his spirit 
in his timing and in his way. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we, we see each other as, again, both a, wor- a work in progress. Mm-hmm. So make room for one another's faults. Um, the next thing that I would say is really practical is to learn to listen and well, that can be hard. I, I feel like I've already mastered that. Oh, right. So are there any more? <laughs> right. Tell me the next thing to do. But in, in For Better or For Kids, we have a list of three types of listening. Um, or three ways you should basically be a good listener. Do, do you remember? I, went to, I think this is when we were living in Bryan, Ohio, when I was pastoring at New Hope. Um, I remember us you know, sitting in our family room and we were telling a story, or you were telling a story, and I was listening and the story kept going on. I don't and on remember this. And honey. on and on. And I mean, I, we were deep <laughs> in it. You were deep into the story. And at some point, like, I started thinking about, like, what I needed to do the next day or something. You know, I, maybe I was thinking about retirement. I don't know what I was thinking honey. about. But I remember there came a point where it, it was obvious that, that you were asking me a question. And you didn't have And a, I had no idea. I honestly do not remember. <laughs> you shouldn't have brought it up. I shouldn't have. But love <laughs> keeps no record of wrongs. Anyways, so well, I, I, all that to say, I'm, I'm anxious to hear well, honey, now these you know, different types of listening. But this is proof. I, apparently, I need to learn to no, listen. This that is, was a while ago. Well, this is proof. And now you know why literally every single time I'm telling you a story, how many times during the story do I go, are you listening? Yeah, listen, that is true. Maybe listen, that's why. Listen. But <laughs> I actually do that with everybody. I just, I like to tell stories and I want to make sure they ev- that yeah. you hear every detail. I know. <laughs> I know. I feel like I need a Gatorade before some of your stories. You know what I mean? I, sometimes I get dehydrated. Okay. <laughs> now, come on. Okay. So we have a list of... Um, a few ways that you can be a good listener with your spouse. So the first thing that we listed is to be a humble listener. And you know, that that's an interesting one because I think, I don't know, sometimes I, I can tend to jump in and want to tell you what, oh, like I have an answer for what you're saying. And I've, I've never noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> but while we're there, explain, do tell. Well, I just think, you know, being a humble listener is letting somebody say what they need to say and not feel like you need to give them an answer or, you know, just just listen Yeah. Um, or have a solution. And I think, of course, these things apply to, to other relationships as well. Um, and I, I think... I don't know. Maybe I feel like this is such a good one because I can have a tendency to want to say, hey, oh, I have an idea or, you know what I mean, to solve whatever you're sharing with me. And I want to. And so I think being a humble listener is just letting somebody share without feeling like you have to, to give them a solution. Right. Or, you know, it's, I mean, it's prideful. Or, or if you're to, having, having conflict that you're already mm. um, defending yourself. Well, that's before true you're even too. listening to that mm-hmm. to that person or to your spouse, and so yeah, I think being a humble listener, yeah, it, it includes um, just being okay with with hearing somebody, listening to somebody without trying to fix them or give an immediate solution, but just you know trusting that the Holy Spirit is going to going to guide you in, in that wisdom that maybe they're asking you for, but in areas of conflict or when there's when there is conflict, also just really avoiding in your own head already building a case for yourself as mm. to why you're right and why they're wrong. You know, humble listener really does listen intently, ask questions, is open to being wrong, um, and is just trying to hear and understand the person first and mm-hmm. foremost, mm-hmm. which I think is a really good, you know, I think one of the really good things to do is when somebody is, you know, when your spouse is telling you something, you're having that conversation is to always repeat to them 
you know, if I'm understanding you correctly, this is what you're saying is to really be able to, to say that. Why are you laughing at me? Oh, I'm just <laughs> laughing because I'm picturing like the conversation. I'm picturing you say if I, and then I'm picturing me saying, no, that's not what I mean at all. <laughs> well, then that's why I asked the question. I know. Right? That's true. So anyways, all no, right. Are there point. more on that yes, list? Yes, Okay, all okay. right. <laughs> so the second one is to be an undistracted listener. Mm. And that would be fall back to that story. You said that you were yes. planning all sorts of things in your mind. Yes. And then you didn't even know when I got to the question. No. What I was even asking I was, you. I was long gone by that. And I, I mean, let's be <laughs> honest. Can't we all fall into this at times? Who like I am, I'm with you for a little bit, yep. and then I'm thinking, oh, I got to go do, do this, and well, then oh and, no. I, and most people have the attention span of a gnat anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like our social media and technology has completely destroyed our attention span. Well, I know, but even and, if, yeah, even you know if I mean? that's not the case, right. we just don't have. A lot of us do not aren't good listeners in this way. A lot of us can become easily distracted. And I think especially in the case when we're talking here about parenting um, and we're talking about that kids are around, I mean, sometimes you're it's it's you can't impossible. <laughs> right. Impossible. I mean, you're I, dis- I can't even I you're can't distracted even hear my be- own thoughts, let alone what you're saying. <laughs> you're distracted <laughs> because, you know, the you know, somebody's calling your name or right. you need, you know, the baby's crying. Well, I, think, or, I think that is, it's a really good point. Cause oftentimes what we need to do, especially with kids in the house is just push pause mm-hmm. on those, on those conversations and say, you know what, like this is not going to be a productive conversation. Like, like if no, we try to have right. this right now, um, dad's going to have a meltdown. <laughs> and so let's just put, put that conversation on pause and let's wait till the kids are in bed or let's go for a drive, go for a walk. And, you know, take some of those distractions out of the mix and, and then enter into, mm-hmm. into a much more God-honoring, you know, conversation. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, even things like, you know, our, our cell phones. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're just so accessible. And mm-hmm. um, I think, you know, just learning if, if, if we're going to have a conversation um, to put those phones away or, mm-hmm. you know, to, to leave them somewhere else so that, you know, your spouse can really be, um, you know, the center of your attention and, mm-hmm. and, um, and have the, the focus that they deserve. Yeah. And I think if you know, there's going to be a lot of distractions, it's better to just say, Hey, let's talk about this later. You know what I mean? Like we were talking about, right. and that, it's that simple. Just, Absolutely. we can't talk but it's, about, you know, this it's so hard. Cause it's like, you know, especially with conflict, it's like, you want to just get in and resolve it. And, I know. and you know, the sooner I'm right, the better. I, and you know, those <laughs> kinds of things. Or so. I just don't want to reason. I just right. want to walk away. I just, usually for me, I need to process it. So right. I'm okay to say, let's talk about this later. Yep. So the, the third way is to be an inquisitive listener. Mm. Um, and I think that's not only listening, but really, you know, engaging that you're, you know, really trying to understand yeah, you're seeking to understand what yep. they're saying and giving, you know, insight. And obviously it depends on what you're talking about, but I think just being engaged in the conversation. Well, it, I think what you said is really, I mean, just seeking to understand, mm-hmm. you know, that that's huge. I mean, just trying to understand where your spouse is coming from and why they said that or why they did that. Uh, mm-hmm. Or why they want to do that. I mean, just that that seeking understanding is so important. Mm-hmm. I think it's so um, you know critical if we're going to have healthy communication mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just a, a healthy relationship. I, um, you know, one of the other things that comes to mind. We we talk about you know some practical things. You know, make room for one another's allowances. Um, you know, we're talking now about learning to listen. But I, I would make just room add, for make, one another's faults. Make room for one another's faults. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Um, and then the third thing we talked about is um, learn to listen, which is what you were describing, mm-hmm. some of those different ways mm-hmm. that we can be a better listener. God loves us by the way he listens to us. Mm-hmm. And so we show the love of Christ to one another when we learn to listen mm-hmm. well. But I would say the fourth practical thing that, that we can do as a couple 
is we don't make small things into big things. You know, I think mm-hmm. of Proverbs chapter 19, uh, verse 11, that says a person's wisdom yields patience. And it's, it's to one's glory to overlook an offense. Mm-hmm. And so you just think about how many like small things and insignificant mm-hmm. things in marriage that we could just move on. I mean, obviously, you know, you, there are big things, there are very serious things that a couple has to deal with. Right, right. It needs to work through sometimes with, with a pastor or a counselor. Um, but there's an awful lot, there's a million little things that a couple mm-hmm. can just get hung up on, they can trip mm-hmm. over. And so that's really what the writer of Proverbs is talking about. Like it's to our glory that we just learn to overlook small, meaning, mm-hmm. meaningless, um, uh, you know, offenses. And so there's a big difference between you breaking my preferences mm-hmm. and you breaking God's commands, mm-hmm. right? And so mm-hmm. there's all sorts of preferences we might bring mm-hmm. into marriage or family that, that are insignificant. Um, that's a big difference between somebody doing something morally wrong, mm-hmm. right? And, mm-hmm. and so I think, you know, learning to, to recognize what some of those preferences mm-hmm. are and uh, surrendering those and saying, mm-hmm. those don't really matter much. My marriage is more important mm-hmm. than me having my preference. Yeah, so this is kind of funny because this is a small preference, but... oh <laughs> I don't like where this is going already. Well, no, no. So if you're taking, because we have the note takers here, that was actually number three. You said that was the fourth thing. Oh. It was make room for one another's faults. We spent a long time on learn to listen because we were sharing the different ways to learn to listen. And the third thing is, you know, not making um, the big... The small stuff, the big stuff. Honey, I stand corrected. <laughs> I believe it or not, I've I've I th- erred. I thought, oh I no, I didn't think I'd ever see this day. But <laughs> I thought, oh, I better mention that because if somebody's taking notes, they're going. They're all wait, confused wait, right I missed now. one. They're, they're pulling their car over. I'm saying that for myself because I am a note taker, and I'd be like, oh no, wait, which one did I miss? Trying to figure it out. <laughs> so okay, my bad. <laughs> Turns out I'm not perfect. My goodness. <laughs> my goodness, <laughs> our conflict in the podcast. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Anyways, oh, uh, lastly, um, I think just learning to be quick to forgive and extending forgiveness to one another. And I think, you know, that's having grace with one another. And I know, I mean, I say that and I know that can be really difficult. When we did a whole, I I would just encourage our listeners um, to to go back and listen to that whole episode we did on Mm -hmm. forgiveness. There's just so much in that Mm -hmm. that obviously we can't cover now. But yeah, I mean, just I think being quick to, to, it's it's so strange to me that, that those that we're closest to, um, and those that we love the most um, are oftentimes the hardest to ask for mm-hmm. forgiveness or extend forgiveness. And so um, it's, it's, you know, always been odd to me that, that in marriage or in family, like it's, it's that much harder for whatever mm-hmm. reason. I, I don't know whether you know, our listeners, you know, would agree with that or not. If that's true in, no, in their I, life. I think but so. I, I feel like that in my life that that has certainly been true. Mm-hmm. And I, I just called somebody not too long ago. There, there were several um, people in my life that for several years, I just felt like, man, I, I need to repair that relationship. Mm. And no matter what they need to own on their end, like that isn't, that's insignificant to me. Right. And so I did just within the last couple of weeks called and said, Hey, I just, I need to repent of the way I acted in this situation, that situation it wasn't Christ-like and just asking for your forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And that's not really being quick to forgive. That took me several years right. to do that. And, and so I know, we know that's a process uh, depending on, mm-hmm. on the offense, but it's so important to build in to a marriage and into family, just that that biblical principle mm-hmm. of, of uh, asking for forgiveness and extending forgiveness, that's what it looks like, um, you know, to extend grace in those not mm-hmm. so perfect moments. Mm-hmm. And it's, again, so important for us to work through this and understand this um, because having grace in those not so perfect moments is, it's a process, it, it takes time to learn how to do that. Um, I think as the years go by in marriage, 
I don't know, honey, would you agree it gets easier? Absolutely. If you're working on it, right. if you actually work on it, because there, and there will be times and seasons where it feels like, oh my word, there's more conflict than ever. Right. Um, but you just don't give up on that. You keep working on it and you yep. keep growing and you keep learning. And, and, and that's why it's important to talk about it. Well, I think again, as we've, as we've talked about so many times before, I mean, our goal is, is to have a, a faith that's rooted Mm-hmm. And it's rooted in Christ. It, it's rooted in the love that he's demonstrated for us. It's demonstrated in the cross. I mean, forgiveness is costly. And, and mm-hmm. so we look at the cross and we recognize that what it cost God uh, through the giving of his son um, was extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And so uh, to do that in marriage, to extend that kind of love towards one another, you can't love, one, you can't love somebody without suffering for them. And, mm-hmm. and that's what we see in the cross, that mm-hmm. God's love was, was demonstrated through the suffering of his son, Jesus, and we're called to lay down our life for one another and to extend grace and sacrificial love and forgiveness because that's how God has acted towards us. Mm, I love that. And that is a perfect way to wrap this episode up. Well, friend, we're so grateful you have joined us. If we haven't met yet, we want to get to know you. So be sure to follow us on Instagram at Patrick W. Schwank and at Ruth Schwank or on Facebook. And don't forget that everything we talked about will be at rootlikefaith.com forward slash podcast in the show notes. We'll also make sure to put a link to that episode on forgiveness that we mentioned. Well, we are so, so grateful for you. We hope you have the best week and we will chat soon.